Welcome back to the Unbreakable Vibe podcast, where we will either be serious and encompass a state of mind that can help you form your unbreakable vibe, or or we will just be talking dumb thoughts, weird experiences, and crazy ideas. So today we got Feral Moscow on the podcast, and I hope I'm pronouncing that right. But Feral is the founder of Feralisms and the whole brand, as well as running an Instagram page called Feralism15 that has a great vibe and great energy. So let's hop right into this. And you want to shout out where people can find more of your content? Sure. Hey, everyone. This is Feral, Feralism. Um, so for Instagram, you can find me at Feralism15 and then on Facebook and YouTube at Feralism. All right. That's awesome, man. So, um, you know, we were just talking a little bit before this and you were kind of going over a little bit about your story and it caught me off guard. It definitely, there's a lot more depth than I think people people might think of and you know it's a great story to hear so if you want to kind of talk about whatever you're comfortable sharing and just go over that because i think people could find that really interesting and kind of use that like oh this is what feral did like i can do something like this too if i really wanted to absolutely and that's honestly what i'd love to get out of this it's one of my big mottos is that if i can help or move at least one person a day then my work is going in the right direction so with that so I've, I've always noticed that I've had a unique perspective on things or I just saw things in a different light than most people may have. And so that's really what inspired me to go in my major, which is criminal justice. And I do a lot of powerful work in my career field. But outside of that, I just always had an inkling to want to really push my words and philosophies out to people so that they could really see what I'm going with and how, you know, how I really look at life and the world. And so it all kind of started in 2013 when I decided, hey, listen, you know, I have a unique perspective. How can I use my voice for good? And I just started writing quotes and put them on my Facebook. At the same time, because I used to work at a movie theater, I got a lot of memorabilia. And so one night I came home with this notebook from the movie The Mortal Instruments. I still have it. And it became a source for me to put all my quotes in. And it was like my prototype notebook, which I still have to this day. And then I also started putting them on Facebook, which is great, too, because... You know, when someone's going through something, they, you know, they vent on Facebook, which is good. You know, everybody has their own filter. I'd write a quote and it would help someone dealing with the same thing and indirectly help me. And it really helped me throw myself out there. And I would always get my motivation. I still do from watching movies. Like I love movies, uh, you know, nature just out. And I, I could just be at work, have a movie and get an idea for a quote. And I just jot it down. And so I decided to call them feralisms. And then fast forward. I've been doing that all this time. And then something just clicked a few months ago. Maybe it was everything going on with COVID. Maybe it was some personal things going on. But I said, hey, you know, I'm really invested in people. I want to take this to the next step. What can I do? So I decided I'm going to move forward with the idea that I wanted to publish these quotes in a book one day and kind of take that to the next level. And so with that, I created a Facebook page and an Instagram page. And I started putting the quotes there. And I also decided to... Let me get on camera. I'm very good with being on camera. So I decided making live videos. It started as recorded ones. Then I graduated to live, which is the same thing. Just now talking with my idea or my quote. And then I just started getting guests from my friends. And then I just started meeting some people, reconnecting with. They introduced me to some people, getting some followings. And then I guest started on some podcasts. And then I had some people on. I still do that. I also got some business cards, some decals. So I really have my quotes out there because my goal one day is to publish this book. And so I talked to a publisher and they gave me the idea to, you know, grow your brand so that when you publish it one day, you really have 
a market and people to, that are looking out for it and also just get some substance to it. So every day now I work on my book, I throw my quotes out there, I manage my pages, and I'm also trying to strive to be a good motivational speaker. I just, I love helping people and this is all for the betterment of myself, for others, the world, society, because I, I, I really invest my time in people and I love the universe, I love the world. And I just believe that everything happens for a reason and that you can really do good with the life you're given because we're all here for a purpose. And I believe that's one of my biggest purposes is to be here for someone else, to help someone else, to really help somebody who's in need, who feels that there's nowhere else to go. And maybe in, in some small way, that's also helping me and giving me another piece of my soul so that I feel that I'm really making a difference and not wasting the life that I have on this world because you know life is too short it's like today we're here the next minute we may not be and so i want to make the most of it and really show how much i care yeah 100 percent. and you know real quick um shout out to joseph from humble you because it was through him that uh, me and pharaoh met each other and I, I think you mentioned that you met other people through joe too or something like that so shout out to joseph real quick uh great guy check him out at humble you anyway um back to that uh, like it's a fabulous story and you know i had no idea you were into like criminal criminal justice you said right oh yeah absolutely now i know it's a little bit maybe a little bit out of the topic we might be talking about but you know i definitely find that really interesting i find law really cool i find um like not not to say i find criminals cool but like that whole aspect of stuff like solving solving mysteries and just figuring out what happened in cases like that um, I find it really interesting. So do you want to kind of dive in a little bit of what you do there and then we'll hop into everything else? Like if, if you're yeah, comfortable sure. sharing that. Um, so yeah, I can't really talk about too much. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, um, what I, yeah. Uh, like I, I'm not, I don't want you to give me like details or anything. Just like, what is it that you do kind of like, what, like, is it like, what is criminal justice? Like, you're not a detective or you're not solving the case. Are you like defending it in court or is like, cause I'm, I'm only 17. So I, I don't really know. What the hell is going on? Sure. You know? <laughs> so what I might do with this topic, since, you know, it's very sensitive and I don't want to, you know, put myself in, in the, uh, the wrong hot seat here. I'll say this. Let me, let me just say that there's, and hopefully this will answer your question, is that there's, there's many, many facets in criminal justice, whether it's the law aspect or just the psychological aspect. And it's really interesting because you look at society and you look at the criminal justice system and you also look at just how law and order works. And just something, maybe something as big as the fact that a piece of paper known as the Constitution is something that everybody still obeys and listens to. And it's still, you know, it holds the country together. But then you look at different, you know, like there's different people that commit crimes and you wonder why they do what they do and the psychological behavioral analysis of it all. And there's just, you know, like, so I kind of what I do in my job in a very broad term, so I, I just help better the system in the sense that you know i'm analyzing different facets of how things work how people you know maybe why they do the things that they do and just you know very broad i'm more like in a broad area where i look at a little bit of everything so that's why my background in criminal justice i i, I like the school that i went to because it gave me a little bit of everything where it wasn't just hey it's a focus in this or a focus in that so to kind of answer your question without getting too into there without or without getting too into the weeds is that I do a little bit of everything. So I kind of see 
a little bit of everything in the system. Yeah. Okay. I get that. Um, now, can I ask you something that has no relation to anything that we will probably talk about, but it just kind of, kind of came in my head and, you know, I'm just interested a little bit. Absolutely. You can ask me whatever you like. Okay. Yeah. So it, it's literally like nothing serious, but do you think OJ committed those murders back in whenever it was of Nicole Brown Simpson and Ronald L. Gold? So What's your thought on that? Obviously I'm from, yeah, so obviously I'm familiar with the, uh, the situation and what had actually happened, but I wasn't there. And you know, it, there's so many, so much room for interpretation. Everything has a perspective. I would say that honestly, I don't want to say yes and I don't want to say no. It's obvious that a lot of people think yes and a lot of people may not. I like to think of it as it's the way you look at it. So it's a perspective. So I'm going to compare it to something that is completely different and irrelevant, but it has the same concept. So I'm big into movies and I always relate things to movies. So have you ever seen the movie Back to the Future? <laughs> no. Okay. So <laughs> Shit, you're, it's, you're uh... exposing me here. <laughs> No, it's, it's all good. It's all good. So it's about, you know, uh, a young teenager who's friends with a scientist and he takes it, my favorite movie of all time, by the way, and he takes the time machine car that his scientist friend made. It's made out of a, a DeLorean, has the doors going up and he goes back to the past and he sees his parents. And so he, before he leaves, his, his friend, the scientist, gets supposedly killed and shot by terrorists that were um that he stole equipment from to build the time machine and so basically he thinks he's dead and so while he's in the past figuring himself out trying to get back he's working with the younger version of his friend who's a scientist and he knows that this is going to happen so he tries to warn him so he writes him a letter his friend finds it before he leaves and he's like hey no one should know too much about their own destiny i'm gonna rip this letter up and i'm gonna forget about it so he leaves he comes back he thinks his scientist friend is dead but then he sees that he kept a letter and he saw that he taped it up. And he's like, what about all that talk about screwing up future events, the space time continuum? And he's like, he figured, what the heck? So basically what I'm trying to say with that is when he left, he saw the perspective of, hey, my, friend's my friend just got killed. How can I save him? And then he also was like, hey, I'm going to write in this letter. But no, he ripped it up. I'm going to try to go back and warn him. And then he sees his friend actually did save the letter and he decided to take a leap of faith. And so what I mean by that is, two separate occurrences of the same similar event, but it's about perspective. And so I say that because it's really based on your perspective and how you look at the events and everything there, because we could sit here all day, whether it's with that or anything really, and say whether we feel one way or another. I know obviously this is a serious topic, but it's that it's just, there's so much room for interpretation that without actually being there and being around during that time and seeing everything and being aware it's really hard to make an educated decision. Yeah, no, 100% I agree with you. The only reason I, I asked that even was because uh, earlier today I was just watching um, BuzzFeed Unsolved. I don't know if you know that is. But they were just covering that case a little bit. And I was ah. just like, yeah, I might as well ask it. It just popped in my head. So, yeah. Anyway. Oh, yeah. No, it's to totally. Yeah. Okay. Let's get back on track, though, here. So, um, alongside, so you were talking about your story and... Uh, you mentioned feralisms and how you started feralisms. So are feralisms quotes that you wrote? Like, what are feralisms? Sure. So it's my unique perspective on life or on a particular life topic or an event or maybe something I'm going through, but in in the form of a quote. 
and it's called a feralism because I use my own thoughts and words to put them together. Now, don't get me wrong. There is inspiration from movies and from outdoors and from other areas of my life. And I do have favorite quotes that I might post or talk about, and I'll give credit where they're due. But it's really just me throwing my thoughts in the form of a quote. So like one of my favorites that I actually wrote, it's basically my brand. And it's on like the shirt I have that says feralism. It's on my page too, is that we fall only to rise. And it's actually taken, the inspiration to write that quote came from another good movie. I don't know if you've ever seen, I know you've probably seen this, The Dark Knight. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, so, yeah, so The Dark Knight, there's a pivotal scene in that movie where young Bruce Wayne, is he falls down a well, gets attacked by bats. Ironic there because he'll become Batman later on. But anyway, his dad helps him up. And his dad says something to him because he sees that he's sad. He's like, why do we fall, Bruce? And the response at the end of that quote is, so that we can learn to pick ourselves back up. And so that's where I got the idea to write the quote, we fall only to rise. And it's such an interesting quote because both of them, really, the one that I wrote and the one from the movie, because you never really win until you lose. And you never really succeed until you fail. And so you have to fall to pick yourself back up because life is full of challenge and you never know what's going to get thrown out you. And it's all a testament to what you can accomplish. And if you're not tested, you're never going to really know what that's like. And it makes us stronger. And I just think that that's such a strong foundation in anybody's makeup or person to really test what they're capable of and how much they can take without breaking, because that's what makes us human at the end of the day. Yeah, 100%. And, uh, you know, it really is like a great symbolism because even in the, the third movie, The Dark Knight Rises, like, uh, Bruce, Bruce, like, fell. Like, Bruce was broken and he had to rise out of the pit, right? So it, it works great. And they even provided a visual later on in that series. So definitely a hell of a, hell of a, um, hell of a quote, hell of a, clip and it's really cool that you take inspiration from stuff like that where most people will watch that movie and they'll just be focused on the action or the story but um then you go watch it and you're looking at it with kind of a you're looking at it more in depth with like kind of a different perspective and you're really seeing the meaning behind it as well as probably you know you enjoyed the movie but you ultimately you took something from that and you used it in your life and you you created something with it so it's Really cool to hear stories when people can do that with something so simple or something so common, and they can take that and make it uncommon. And I think it's really inspirational for other people to see that and to be like, okay, this is what Farrell did. Um, he took something and he made something with it. I can take something and make something with it too. Absolutely, and we, you know, we all have the potential to do that. It's it's just up to us. But I really I agree with that. Like I love watching movies because they're great and they help us escape from reality or they help us see a different facet we may not have seen. And that's probably also why I'm able to analyze them so deeply. Like, and just in the dark night alone, there's so many symbolisms, like going back to the second movie really quickly is that if you get someone like Batman, Bruce Wayne, and you look at the Joker, you look at two different people but running on a parallel line of almost the same person. You've got someone who has had fear and trauma in his life and has watched his parents die and so he uses that fear and channels it into a symbol to help make others fearful that don't stand for justice and truth. And he obviously he doesn't kill. That's his one rule. And he, he, he stops crime by making others fear what he fears. And so that's why he wears the symbol of a bat. And then you look at someone like the Joker. 
it's interesting because me and Joe actually did on it's on his uh, Instagram a video about analyzing the, the Joker is that you take someone completely different, someone who grew up and became a person of society's creation and you know of society's failures, someone who was so wronged and so destroyed that has no purpose in life, just wants to cause mayhem and chaos. And as Alfred would say in that movie, some men just want to watch the world burn and he had no purpose. And that's perhaps what made him the most dangerous. And the scariest part is that there are people out there like that because that that's what makes him so scary. He's not someone with superpowers or anything. He's just someone who took what society has done to him and he just snapped. And so you look at two people that are completely different but have their own purpose of motivation for doing what they do. And that's possibly what makes them so similar and makes them such hero versus villain dynamic. Yeah, it's really cool to hear someone talk about that in like in depth like that and kind of talk about the symbols and the meaning behind the action in the story and you know when i watched the movie i'm still pretty young right so when i watched the movie i was even younger and when i was watching the movie i was just like oh my god action batman joker and that's all i really took from it but hearing to you talk about it like that hearing you talk about it through like a different perspective really shows the meaning behind the movie and like the deeper part of the movie and it's really cool like so now if if i went to rewatch it out how much more stuff i would notice and i would be following compared to before when you have like an open mind like that and you're really thinking about something and focusing on it like you really will see it yeah and i feel like that's one challenge we could all do and that's actually an exercise out of the book that i'm working on i'll give you a little taste of it is that it's a challenge that anybody could really do even yourself and you just mentioned is that watch a movie that you either have seen and you love, or it's a movie that you haven't seen so much and you're still interested in, or maybe even a movie you've never seen at all, watch it one time, watch it for what it is, watch it how everybody watches it, but then watch it, like, take, take a little bit of time, whether it's a day or maybe even an hour, then watch it again and try to pick a theme from that movie or an event or a scenario and see if you can analyze it in that way and just see how much different you look at the movie and how much more of an appreciation you have for it and for what the people who made the movie were going for when they were making it. Yeah, you know what's weird? Like, no one, not, okay, not no one, but not a lot of people do that. Not a lot of people look at stuff like that. And, I mean, even for me, like, I'm in high school and literally in our English class, like, that's all we do. We, we read a book and then we look over the symbols, the meaning, the themes behind it, and, like, analyze what the author was trying to get across and they're literally teaching us how to do that in school and then we go on the weekend we go watch a movie and none of that none of that sticks with us none of that gets used so it's really interesting to see how most of society takes um most of, most of society really looks at stuff and they're kind of blinded like they're kind of just you know what i mean like they're kind of just staring they're not really thinking or looking or like really trying to understand yeah i think it just also comes back to it really hones your skills and it helps your critical thinking and your analysis and it's just you know maybe maybe you do maybe that's where it starts in school when you're reading books especially in english class when you're reading you know shakespeare or stuff like beowulf and you really don't look at it like that and then you see see that's the one thing like i, I know for me when i watch a movie if it's based on a book I'll either watch the movie first and read the book or I'll read the book first because it gives you like, take another one, for example, like take Harry Potter. It's that, you know, everybody watches Harry Potter and they love the movies. But if you read the books, it gives you more of an appreciation because now, because it's almost like that. It's like when someone writes a book, 
and then they make a movie. They're doing that for us. They're taking a book, like a book that they wrote and they're sitting down with someone like, all right, this is how I visualized everything. This is how I visualized this character to be. This is how we see him on screen. So they're doing that. And so when we watch a movie or when I do you know, analyze a movie, it's almost like the backwards of that where you're taking a movie and now you're trying to dissect it down to find the theme. But that's exactly what people, you know, adapted screenwriters do when they take a book or a comic book and they make a movie out of it. They're like, this is how I want. Like, for example, when they uh, when they did Harry Potter, like, all right, this is who Harry's character should be. This is how Hermione's character should be. And it's just and then when you read that book and then you watch the movie, you have such more of an appreciation because you have that background and you have that imagery together. And so, you know, watching a movie and analyzing it, it's almost as if it was based on a book and you're trying to really analyze the movie to see all right, how was the book written, even if there wasn't one. Yeah, um, you would be great at, at analyzing movies, man. <laughs> Like I think, oh yeah, I love yeah. that. Like, has that has it been something you've ever looked into? Um, you know, it, it's interesting you say that because if I wasn't really in the field I was in, or maybe down the road, because there's no really age limit on it, that's something I've always like. If I was ever in the movie industry, that's one thing I would always love to do: be the person that reads the books or reads the comic books. Is like, all right, how can we make like how do we picture this into a movie? How should this character be? Like, I just love analyzing and looking at the different dynamics and I, I like to think that I do the same thing with people like I'm really good at reading people or just kind of getting a vibe for something or just having a feeling almost like a sixth sense or an intuition and maybe that's where my feralisms come from and writing these quotes it's almost as like there's another part of me that is pulling my strings or like possessing me in a good way where it's like my essence talking to me saying this is what you mean or this is what you're thinking it's weird I can't really explain it but I feel like that's why I'm able to do all this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like I, I get that completely. Um, yeah, man. Like, so, I uh, there's this YouTuber I watch. His name is Chris Stuckman, and he strictly just does movie reviews. And you know, he'll review like the action part of the movie, you know, all that. But then he'll also review the themes, the symbols, the story, like the deeper meaning of it, and. Listening to you talk, even if it was just about, like, three movies, it really gave me that type of vibe, and it really... I started thinking about those videos, and it was like, okay, yeah, this guy this guy clearly has the skill or the understanding to do that. So it'd be really cool, like, you know, do whatever you want, but I'm just saying, like, you're really good at it, so... Oh, yeah, and it's funny you say that, because a good colleague of mine who I used to work at the movie theater with is going to be starting a YouTube channel, and he thought of me to reach out to collaborate with him, and so I'll let you know more about that. But uh, once it happens, I'm going to be on a YouTube channel doing just that. That's so awesome. it's funny you bring that up. And then um, the other thing I'll say, too, just to blow your mind, since, you know, since everything we've been talking about so far has been really mind opening. Have you ever seen Star Wars? Shit. <laughs> have you <Nah>. not? <laughs> uh, well, it'd be, it'd be more interesting if you did. But in case people that are watching this have, I'll give you like a brief second of so, like, you know, it's a, it's a movie basically about good and evil, and there's six movies. I'm sure, even if you haven't seen it, you at least have an oh, idea yeah, of what yeah, it's yeah. about, right? Yeah, so it's interesting because most people just watch it. And like you said, I, I look at things differently. But me and a colleague were talking about this one day, and we really came to this conclusion is that you take someone like Anakin Skywalker. He's the boy who, you know, grows up, becomes the good guy who's supposed to bring the good bring the balance to the Force, but then he turns to the dark side and he becomes evil. You know, he becomes Darth Vader. We all know that, but what, what, what's really interesting, if you look at all six movies as one dynamic, is that 
he was found on a planet by this guy named Qui-Gon, who was the master, and he already had an apprentice named Obi-Wan. And so he was willing to set everything aside and train him and be like a father to him because he never had a father, Anakin. And so he saw this in him. And so unfortunately, he was killed and he couldn't train him. But his apprentice, Obi-Wan, chose to train him. And he wasn't like a father figure to him. He was sought out as a brother to him. And so he still did everything his master was going to try to do, but he was only like a brother to him. And so over the years, you know, grows up, tries to be the best he can. And then obviously he thinks he's doing the right thing when he turns to the dark side. And then he has to confront his old master. And then it's not until the very, like the second trilogy when this guy now, Darth Vader, the evil guy who turned evil, he realizes he has a son who was hidden from him, Luke, Luke Skywalker. That's, uh, you know, from the older movies. And then all this conflict goes on. He realizes he was just his father, yada, yada, yada. And it's not until the very – I'm spoiling this for you, hey, by no, the way, but <laughs> I think you have a better appreciation when you watch it. If you do, you probably want to watch it after this. But anyway, it's at the very end of the sixth movie when he sees the guy who turned him electrocuting his son wouldn't make the same mistake he did. And it's in that very moment when a son cries out to him that he decides that he's not going to stand by anymore. And he takes himself and he takes the guy who's doing this and he throws him off the ledge and he kills him and hereby sacrificing himself because then he'll, he'll die, but he'll see his son without the, the gear on one last time. But the point is, it's in that moment in the sixth movie that it connects all the way back to the first one and that he, in that moment in saving his son, he becomes the very thing he never had, which was a father figure. And that's how Star Wars is really all about family. No one has ever thought about it like that, or maybe they have, but that completely changes the dynamic of the movie series. That's crazy. Yeah, no, I've I've definitely never heard anyone talk about the movies like that. Like even my um, one of my cousins uh, really likes Star Wars. A few of my friends really like it, but they never never talked about it like that. And just the ability to see that and link it back to the the first movie—that's special, man. That's crazy. Yeah, dude. I just, I don't know. I just, it blew my mind when I was talking to my colleague about that and we thought about that. Cause it's like, you know, when, when people make these movies or when someone writes a book or whatever you're doing in life, there's always a purpose behind it. And if you can get that deep and really understand the purpose behind whatever you're doing, it gives you a better satisfaction and it gives you a better understanding. Whether you're fighting for something you believe in or you're, you know, struggling and you're fighting to be the person you want to be or save someone, if you can truly understand the roots and the deeper meaning of why you're doing what you're doing in your everyday life, doesn't matter what it is, how small or how big, that's what matters. Because if you can't understand what you're doing or the significance, then you're just autonomously doing something or believing something. It's when you have the connection to really deeply cognitively understand it and can really appreciate it, that's when it makes all the difference. Yeah, like... Um, so definitely, um, you know, you hear a bunch of people say too, um, without purpose, like you're not going anywhere. If you, if you try, um, to start something hard or difficult and you're going on a difficult path without that purpose to really push you or to keep you going, like you're, you're not ultimately, you're not going to be able to achieve it or not as well as you could have. So purpose is definitely huge in like many different aspects, like whether it's, purpose in telling a story or purpose in starting a company or anything like that. I feel like purpose is always the foundation. And I feel like right now we're really, a lot of people are really seeing that on a greater scale because you take what's going on in the world and people are forced to do things that they have not done before, like go to school virtually or take karate class virtually or take a, take whatever it is virtually or job. and, And it's really, 
So now, like whether you're so in a normal setting, if you're in school, you have a teacher, you have someone holding you accountable. If you're in a job interview in person, someone's there, you're being held accountable. Now, because this is all done virtually, it's really testing the person if they can have that accountability or that, you know, fortitude to really stand by in, in what they're doing or what they believe. And this is, I think this is, you know, obviously bad things are going on, you know, it's a, it's a tough time, but I think deeply on a more cognitive level, it's a true test to us as humans. And if we can handle how to, you know, cope with something like this, it's going to make us stronger because it's one thing, especially for people our age, I know you're a little younger than me, but still to read about stuff like this that have had like events that have happened in history through a textbook, that's one thing, but to experience it entirely, like you can't get that same appreciation or understanding through a book, through reading it about something that happened. Whereas you're actually experiencing it now one day when you tell your kids about something that happened, you can give them that insight and that's the best thing you can do. Like one, it goes aligned with something my boss told me and I really believe it is that we don't just experience things in life, whether they're good or bad or trying times, just for us to get through them and learn. It's so that then the, the next time we can be on the other side of that, telling someone else what we were told and that we're experiencing this to pass that on to someone else who has not experienced it yet. I love that. And I think it's definitely true. And I think if people adopted that perspective more, um, it would definitely help help going through this situation and people would maybe have more of a positive view on the situation because if you hear like the whole meta right now is 2020 is the worst year ever and i mean fair fair enough right like you can call it that but if you adopt a different perspective you can also look at it as the most shit happened in 2020 but that also leads to the most growth Exactly. Like we're falling in 2020 so that we can rise in 2021. It's yeah, really that, love that. It, and another, an, another thing that I love, I love to live by I recently really figured this out is that remember life is 10% what happens to us and 90% how we deal with it. And if you take what's going on as a, cr a prime example, it's a crappy time. People are miserable, but just because the circumstances and what's going on is as bad as it is, doesn't mean we have to be, because if you give into it, then it's going to consume you and control you and turn you into something you wouldn't recognize. Like compared to what I said earlier about Star Wars, if we're that boy and we let what's going on consume us, it's going to turn us to an evil path and something that where we can't recognize ourselves. And, you know, I'm telling you, movies, movies are great. They, they show all this because it's like, honestly, if we just fight that and endure, we're going to come out on top and strong because don't get me wrong. Especially now, and, and a lot of this is easier said than done, it's very easy for us to say all this, and it's very easy to go on that dark path and to let this consume us and give in to these emotions, but it's a lot harder and more trying to our person and our character to fight it and not let it consume us, and rather let it adapt us and make us stronger. That's something entirely different, and obviously not everybody has that capability, but we all have the potential and it's how we handle it and what we choose to do that makes all the difference because not everybody's going to do that. And it's the few that do that can help others, but also just steer a direction or a path that is more clear and more bright. Yeah, like 100%. And I have a question and this is where I'm going to ask it because I think sure. it links to what you just said perfectly. I think it really ties it together. So my question and 
I don't mean any like I don't mean any offense by this. I don't know if you'll take offense. I doubt it, but um okay. So, self-help. Like does it really work? Because and I'll explain why I'm asking this question a little bit because um I've seen many situations where people Actually, let me let me start off with this. What what defines self-help? Like is is self-help just like reading quotes or um like books that people um, books of people's transformation and what they've been able to accomplish or YouTube videos or little speeches or quotes. Like what is self-help kind of to you? Sure. So in, in, in an essence and in a very simple definition, self-help sounds as if it's just, you're trying to better yourself and steer yourself on a right path, either through others or through maybe material that you find or through outside influence. But remember, as a human being, one of the biggest things we thrive on, which is why this time is so trying, is personal connection and communication. And so not always having that, having to be far apart or being virtual is testing that. And it's easy to say, hey, use this to better yourself, because in reality, it's in our nature. We may and I, you know, I've, I've succumbed to this is that we might get envious of other people or our friends or our family because we want what they have or we want to be where they are and we may not realize that we are somewhere where someone else isn't. And so it's easy to say not to feel that way because when it's us and not the person saying that who's in where we want to be, it's really tough. It's almost like, you know, when you're feeling really down and someone's like, I wish this person would have come to me and all. It's, it's Maybe they are and maybe you're not listening or maybe – you don't see it from their perspective because it's really hard to understand someone until you walk a day in their shoes. And so I think that's where the bridge is, is that you have to understand where someone's coming from the best way that you can and really try to visualize for a second, instead of taking offense to it or looking at it from your perspective, take a minute to look at it from their perspective because you might feel a whole lot different. And, you know, I think that's where self-help comes in because it's all on you to really do all this and better yourself, but it, it's not easy. It's, uh, it's, it's probably one of the most challenging things as a human being we have. And it, it involves us just on our own. And it's not that easy. You know, like I said, we rely on others. That's how society was fa- founded. It wasn't founded by one person. It was founded by a group of people. And so I don't think you can really say if self-help works, if you just call it self-help, maybe it just needs to call bettering yourself through the assistance of others because you can't do everything on your own you just can't and you can't do everything in one day and so maybe it's not enough to like i said it's not enough to say self-help maybe you got to redefine that and then ask that question because i don't necessarily think that it's enough on its own or at least maybe it, it isn't anymore you know i find it really interesting and i love the fact that you talked about other people and talked about not self-help on its own because kind of like I'll go on my viewpoint a little bit on that is um, for all the time, you know, like I had this little phase maybe about a year ago now where you kind of, you kind of, I feel like it's possible to look at self-help and get into the thing of, Oh, I do this like these little three things and I'm going to be like super successful. Amazing. Like, you know what I mean? And the reality is that it's it's never really like that. 
you know it's a it's it's a lot more than just a little habit and you know success definitely is habits like habits are definitely make or break you but i feel like people i don't know i feel like there's this whole misconception on self-help where it's almost like it's almost like you get into a loop and it's kind of hard for me to explain this but you get into a loop where you're trying to better your self-help but if you're just bettering self-help on its own it's like what are you bettering i feel like self-help has to be paired with something and i talked about this on another episode of my podcast and you know i use the example of like if you're a sports player like self-help will help your mindset for sports and self-help will help you stay disciplined and get in better shape for like your physical but if you if you're just doing self-help like with nothing like if i'm just if say i'm say i'm meditating every day but i have no purpose behind it i don't have a goal behind that i don't my goal isn't to to be more relaxed or less stressed my goal is just to sit there and meditate because someone said in a book that it's good for self-help or something like that then i feel like at that point it gets like yeah it doesn't do much but the fact that you mentioned through other people which i think is a really really important point and i'll use you as an example real quick like um i feel i think self-help can be in the form of like quotes or like videos like you you make and the thing i love about what you do and what you stand for is it's not just reading a quote and expecting your whole life to change. Like you didn't just watch a movie, read a quote and just go with it. You really, you like, it sticks with you and you really, I'm sure like it, it goes with you into everything you do. Like when you go into a task, that quote's always with you. And if you're about to give up, you, you think of a quote or if you fell down, you got broken. You think of the quote of, of we only fall to rise. And that really helps you out in life. And I feel like when you really use that, when you use self-help to, help you in an aspect of your life, then it's extremely powerful. Yeah. Take it like this. I'll, I'll say two things that will really play into this and it'll definitely give you another unique perspective on what I think. First one is maybe in its essence and in its root self-help involves you, but on a, like you as a person on a different avenue than people might think when they think of self-help, maybe it's that you're using yourself in the past or being hopeful in the future tense to better where you are in the present. And a prime example of that would be when I'm feeling down or I'm trying to improve myself, I, I, I throw myself into my quotes and I write them or a quote that I have written, or I look at everything I've accomplished in my life and something as small or something as big, you know, I look at, you know, friends that I brought together or, you know, avenues I've achieved and it helps me be hopeful and helps me better myself in the present by looking at what I've done in the, pre in the past. Because if we're on a certain level and we want to get to the next level, but then we look back to a time where we were on a lower level and how we achieved that. So I think maybe in its essence, self-help is more using yourself and what you have accomplished to get you through where you are now. Because challenges may vary, but the concepts of those challenges are still the same. And Here's another example with self-help, and this will play into what I said about using others in the sense that we're in this together. And it's going to throw me on a loop here, but, you know, we learn by experience. And so that's why I'm going to share this experience with you and the viewers, because I'm a very open person. And I believe that voicing what you go through, as I mentioned earlier, is how others grow, is that take love and a relationship. You know, you have to be strong on your own. 
you have to accomplish things on your own. You have to be an independent person because it tests your endurance and your stamina. And so we also, you know, as humans, whether we're, you know, one gender or another, we long for companionship and we want someone in our life to be there for us, to have a life with, to be romantic with, to grow and share something with that eventually, if you believe in that, turns into a marriage, having children one day. And it's like, yeah, you have to be independent on your own, but at the same time, you long for someone in your life so that you can share that independence with. So it's almost as if you're self-helping yourself by finding someone, even though you are striving to be independent. And I speak from specific experience right now in that, you know, I'm, I, I am struggling right now in that avenue of my life. I'm, you know, trying to meet someone and I want to, you know, find someone who I can go out with to develop that relationship with. Like, don't get me wrong. I am, as I described, an independent person on that category of I can do things on my own. Like, you, you know, I've sat here for these minutes talking about what I've accomplished and what I've done but I'm also longing to meet someone to share all that with. So it's that I'm independent while looking for someone who I'm technically wanting to depend on, which is perfectly normal. It's, it's part of what being a human is, you know, longing for someone, loving someone, having a relationship. And it's tough. Like it's, it's definitely been a struggle on me not being able, especially with what's going on, not being able to meet the right person and feeling that part of me that's empty. And so it's almost like I'm feeling lost without having that person to depend on while still striving to keep my independence. And so that's just one area of life that fits that description. And I'm sure a lot of people, maybe even including yourself, I don't want to put you on the spot, agree with that because that's a tough topic to not necessarily talk about, but also to live through. And not everybody feels comfortable talking about it. I've learned over the years to be comfortable talking about it because, you know, I'm dealing with it. And so I know it's going to get better. You just have to believe that it's going to get better. But that I know that's a tough area. Yeah, like 100%. And, you know, firstly, like I really appreciate uh, your openness because I feel, I feel like people people also will really appreciate that. Like everyone loves someone that's open and tells the truth and, you know, says it how it is. So uh, good on you for that, first of all. And secondly, yeah, it, it definitely is a tough area and – I feel like especially right now it's almost emphasized. It's almost because not now not even like it's it's a lot less of you being able to just see your friends and going out because of everything that's happened. Like it's a little bit harder now. And it almost emphasizes you not having like that other person in your life. And I feel like people could might be might like dig themselves in a hole, especially right now um, with that. And they might look at that and get even more sad or whatever it is about it. And I think it's really good to, you know, the perspective you have, I think is a really good perspective. And it really opened my perspective at least to kind of look at stuff differently and to kind of look at something like that and be like, okay, I'm dealing with it. I know, I know I'm aware of it. And, you know, it's, it might take time, it might not take time, but, um, you know, that's the, that's the goal. Uh, deal with it. Don't, like, hide it. Don't push it down, but just deal with it. So I really, I really like that. Yeah, and once you accept that you're dealing with something and what it is and acknowledge it, it makes it easier to combat it. And I think part of what makes it so difficult for me in this avenue, and, again, this is going to throw a unique turn on it, is that, you know, 
you know, some people might be looking for someone, you know, to be close with. Maybe they're looking for a friend. Maybe they're looking for someone to date. Maybe they are looking for someone to marry. Or maybe they're just looking for someone to have fun with. Whereas, you know, when I look at a relationship or dating, yeah, I'm looking for those things too. But what I'm really looking for, and maybe this is just me overthinking the idea of having someone in a relationship, is that I'm looking for, you know, I'm a man. I'm looking for a woman. I'm looking for a woman to share my life with and just to have that person to share something with not necessarily saying I want someone to be in a relationship with because that's just a term or be married to but not just be in love with to have someone to be there in my life so that I can share the best and the worst parts of myself with them so that I can feel like I have completed not necessarily completed that might be the wrong word just feel that I can now have something to share maybe to so I feel like I can share myself with someone else and I think at the end of the day whether we want to admit it or not that's ultimately why we go on dates why we look for someone to have a relationship with or get married to we want to share ourselves with that person just like that person wants to share themselves with us I mean obviously yes you're dating them you're getting married to them that that's all standard but if you look deeper we're looking for someone to be with it's the same thing why we have friends why we have our parents we're with them it's just we're with these people in different capacities and so you take all that away during these times that's what's causing all the mental health that you know to be tested you know you take all these material things away at the end of the day you've taken that physical connections away from people and no one really acknowledges or realizes how important that is until we're tested now. And I think people will have a greater appreciation when this is all over because, you know, Hey, yeah, I can't go to the mall or I can't go here. But how many people actually say during these times, I can't even see my loved ones or my parents or my friends or my girlfriend or my boyfriend or whatever it may be. That is more is valued more than any material item in the world or any vacation you couldn't go on or you name it. God knows as soon as this shit's over, I am never Turning down a plan again. <laughs> Never again. Um, for the, the relationship thing, or what you're talking about, about someone to share something with. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to hit on that point with a little bit of a younger perspective. If there's anyone younger listening, um, you know, obviously I'm 17. I'm not really qualified to talk about that um, in that depth because, you know, I'm, Obviously, still super young. I don't have all that experience and really know everything that I'm going to know, say, in five, ten years from now. But even from, like, a young age, and I'm really deep diving into into stuff here. But, you know, a lot of people, like you mentioned, a lot of uh, teens and, and whatever, um, yeah, they just, they're just in it for, like, fun or to have a relationship or to, like, even just be with someone but i think deep down even at even at a young age such as mine it may not be to share share like everything in life with but at a certain level too it's almost just sharing time with someone and i know you kind of mentioned that um with like being with your parents and your friends but it's almost like having someone that you're closer and that like it means more not it's a bad word to say, but like someone that's closer to you, like when you're in a relationship, than say one of your friends. And it's also it also makes it feel a little bit more special to just share that time, share the memories with them. You know, it might not be 
it's like filling a it's like filling a it's like filling a void yeah. in a sense it's like I'll, I'll speak i think I, I think i can hit on what you're saying from actually experiencing it right now obviously like you said i'm a little older is that there's time in my life when i want to hang out with my family my parents there's times i want to do things on my own and then there's times when i want to hang out with my friends and then there's the times where i wish i had the girlfriend or the relationship or that person to share that intimate or that special time with and it's like your life a lot of people want their life to be balanced and they want to be able to have everything and you you don't always have everything at once and everything happens for a reason but you know when you don't have a certain thing you really feel it and it hits home like for me when there's times whether my friends are spending times with their significant others or you know you see because we talk about like you know seeing others where they have or what they have and what you want you know, it hits home. It's like, especially on holidays, something small as that. You wish you had that, and then you do. Then what happens is, you defer or default to something else that overshadows it. So when I don't have that, when I when there's that time that I wish I had someone to spend time with, then I over, you know, overemphasize on my friends or my pay. like. You overemphasize on a different aspect of your life, and you almost, you know, push too hard on that front because you don't have that balance. And I do feel that I, you know, I do that. You know what we all do things, but I, and I feel if I had that relation relationship, that it'd be more balanced. And I'm not just saying that in the essence of, hey, I just want someone so that I can balance myself. But it's also to help center yourself because as much as you know, I may be feeling that. I know whoever I'm meant to be with out there could possibly very well be feeling that right now. And then once you meet someone who feels the same way you do, it's almost like having a locket on your neck that has two parts, like a yin and a yang. You're the yin, and once you find your yang, it's complete for both. Pieces. Yeah, 100%. I agree with you there. Like, and you know, you know, once again, like, like we talked about with the movies, I think this is a more, um, this is the same thing, just a different cover. It's almost the same thing. Like, a lot of people don't look at it like that. They don't see that part of it. But when you really deep dive or you really think about it, you can start to see that tendency in a lot of people. And, and you know. It's, it's a really interesting thing. Like, I, I was just thinking in my head real quick. Like, is it beneficial to look at it like that? Like, are there benefits to look at it like that? What do you think on that? Like, are there benefits to have that more um, meaningful point of view? Like, looking for the meaning and looking what stuff really means rather than on the surface meaning of everything? I think it depends. I think it depends on who you are, how you're built, and what you believe in. I mean, if you want to just take pure example on the dating aspect that we were just talking about, if you if you want to apply to that, I think the simplest answer is whether or not someone openly says that they're looking for someone to share their life with, they're definitely thinking it. It's, it's there. What, it doesn't matter why you're looking for someone. I think deep down, the answer is all the same. You want someone in your life. It's the same thing that goes with what we were talking about, how we, we, you know, we thrive on personal connection, especially on that front of having someone because that intimate connection, whether that is just being with someone to be intimate with or taking that definition of intimate and, you know, you want to go out to dinner with someone special, you want to go to the movies or you want to have a picnic, stuff like that. Like you just can't, you can't read about that. You can't watch a movie like you can, but it's, it's not the same as actually experiencing it. And I'm speaking from having little experience, but enough to know that whatever it is someone's looking for in that front, they, whether they agree or not uh, openly, that's ultimately what they're looking for. And so I believe at least seeing, you know, seeing things for what they really are on that front is very important, whether or not you should see things like that on every aspect of life. 
I don't think there's a right or wrong answer on that. I think it depends on the person, but I feel relationships and having someone special is the exception because I feel like no matter who you are, that is a, that's a definite, especially whether you agree or not on the front. And, you know, some people aren't really honest with each other or themselves at the end of the day, it's always going to be the same on that front because that's just how people as being human are wired. And that's just how we are. We strive to be with someone, you know, to procreate, to have a family. That's just a basic human instinct. Yeah. Um, I, I love the fact that you said, you know, I really like something um, like the way you talk and the way you speak. Not everything is the same for everyone. I love what you mentioned that it depends on the person, depends how they're built and what they believe in because I think it's a great point too. And it, it almost, it, I mean, everything you've said has basically opened up my perspective to be honest and listening to that and kind of being able to think about that with that new perspective allows me to understand that everyone deals with shit differently. Everyone has their own ways and has their own beliefs. And I think it's really powerful to understand that. And that I think it's really powerful also that people understand their own thing like if, if someone doesn't understand their own thing man you got you got a journey ahead of you yeah no i agree i think that's the first step yeah i think i think you know this conversation definitely went in in a way that i did not really expect but i definitely loved it i definitely think it's really really beneficial and i think you know i think we could even end it here and ending it on the point that you just made and the last few points that we were making um they're really eye-opening and i think someone could really really use this and really hear this and apply it to their life so i think honestly like i think there's that's such a strong ending so um i'm gonna wrap it up here do you have anything else you want to mention do you want to uh, shout out where people can ah. find you again, just in case they forgot. Sure. Yeah, so for those that are looking for me, you can find me on Instagram at Feralism15. And you can find me on Facebook and YouTube at Feralism. And whether it's on my personal pages or those pages, feel free to reach out to me with anything, any questions, anything you ever want to talk about. You know, I, you know, you may not have met me or you may have, but at the end of the day, I am a source a resource, a person that anybody can talk to about anything. And at the end of the day, that's why we're here. So if you ever want to just say hi or need someone to talk to, know that you have someone on your corner. And I want to just thank you for having me on this podcast. You know, uh, Nicholas, it's been very great, very inspirational. Believe it or not, you know, you've taught me some things from this podcast. And it's always great to talk to someone else and get some different insight on things and just have another way of voicing out what you, you know, encompasses us and i hope at the very least not just from yourself but from the viewers if someone could take at least one thing from this podcast and roll with it or learn something from it or better their life and what we both were achieving and striving for right now well i think hey that's game over i think we've hit our mission right there and that's that's really what it is just making a difference in your own way and helping someone in your own way because like i keep stressing we're only human but again i just want to thank you this was a very great podcast I enjoyed spending my time with you tonight and the viewers yeah, and that are I listening. I really appreciate you coming on. I really appreciate you um, being so open and um, just providing that great perspective again. Um, 
definitely guys definitely check out Farrell. um as you can tell from this this conversation um he's a really really great person with really great motives and a really good vibe and ultimately there's not many people like that. i mean there are but there's it's a good thing when you come across someone like that and definitely check him out if you guys want to talk to him hit him up i'm sure he'll talk to you as he said so thank you this has been um the unbreakable vibe podcast and thank you feral moscow